Lab Rats. Welcome to Send This to Trace. I'm Hannah. I'm Emily. And we're two best friends who are recapping one of our favorite shows, CSI Crime Scene Investigation. Join us as we make our way through the top 50 ranked episodes and get a heaping dose of 2000s nostalgia along the way. Let's get to it! Woo! That won't go in it. <laughs> Welcome back to Send This to Trace Lab Rats. What's up? We hope you've had a marvelous week this week. Emily, have you had a marvelous week this week? Um, More importantly. it's It's been okay. Mm-hmm. Next week is when this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a rough It's going to be hell. <laughs> oh, no. Cause, oh, because um, you work by myself. <laughs> yeah. Emily works all week by herself next yeah, week. Yeah, I actually have to work five eights. Man, stupid. how dare you. I know, it's so stupid. <laughs> Like what a sucker. That. I know. Because I usually work three tens, mm-hmm. and that has spoiled me. Yes, indeed. Excuse me. That was gross. I went through a phase this summer where I worked four-day weeks. Just It just worked out that way uh-huh. with, like, holidays and stuff. And I tell you, my first, like, five-day week, I was like, this sucks. It's bad. <laughs> it's I know. terrible. Because Trent works four tens, and he freaking yeah. loves it. And if he has to work overtime... Or if he wants to work overtime or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, sometimes if he works, like, six days in a row, like, Friday, Saturday, off Sunday, and then working, he's like, it's, he's like, I don't see how people do this. Mm-mm. Like, no, it no, no, is no. bad. And that was just, like, a extra money weekend, you know? Yeah. It wasn't, like, anything mandatory or anything. I don't see how people do four tens. We had the option to do four tens over the summer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think I want to, because by the time I get to my eight hours... I'm so ready to You're go about home. I'm useless, <laughs> and I don't get anything done. Yeah. Plus, I live very close to where I work, so it's not a big deal for me to come in every day. If I lived like a hot yeah. minute away from work, then I would be like, yeah. maybe it's I live worth an it hour to just away. Yeah, that so. would be worth it for me. And sometimes it's tempting just to be like, scoot out of there. Yes. And I'm like, I'm freaking over it. Right, I'm done. Like, <laughs> well, especially like if I'm sitting there all freaking day. Yeah. And the other tech is like running circles around me, uh-huh. and I can't help them. Uh huh. And I'm just sitting there. What's like, the point? Hey guys, <laughs> what is? I'm here for moral support. Yeah. I'm like asleep on my desk. <laughs> I have a neck pillow. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a neck pillow and I keep it in my locker by my desk. <laughs> and I just like cuddle up on the desk and uh-huh. I'm just like, well, set an alarm. This I know that's week, really sad. No, that's funny. I it's fall break in the school district I work in, but I work during fall break because I work during the summer too. I was going to so, ask if you were working too. Yeah, we're working, but it's extremely quiet over fall break. So yeah. like we get a two week fall break in my district. So last week was fall oh, break nice. and this week is fall oh, break. Yeah. This week of fall break, it's pretty much just going to be me there. Oh, bless it. At least for like the first couple of days. Uh-huh. So I've got like a couple books downloaded, like, audio book. I've got a butt ton of paperwork I've got to do. So uh-huh. I'm going to zone out, do nothing except mindless paperwork and just listen to my book and enjoy my day. And I'm kind of excited about uh, it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, I don't mind sitting there, but every once in a while it gets a little old. Yeah. It's, it's like, come on now. Like, oh, I'd rather on. be... You know, up and down. Yeah. I try to bring books. I'll take my laptop or my iPad. Mm-hmm. I'll watch videos or like I'll do yeah. like random crap on my laptop. No, if I don't have at least something mindless to do, then I get bored real quick. 
Oh, for sure. And I'm, like, playing, like, all my games on my phone. Yeah. Like, go like, filtered through, like, all three games that I play. I've got, like, three games, too, that I cycle through. Yeah. Like, when you die on one and it's, like, I lose, uh, ran out of lives on this one. Got to go to the other one. <laughs> yeah. And by the time I'm out of lives on that one, I've got a that couple more fun. back. Yes. <laughs> We're so pathetic. That's so sad. We're so, so sad. sad. Yeah. Oh, Welcome to our 30s. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, one random thing. You said something about books. Yeah. So, you know, you've heard me talk about The Butcher and the Wren. I think so. Hannah. What is it about? It is, uh, um, uh, shoot. What is it about? (laughs) (laughs) It's, she's a, um, medical examiner. Oh, okay. And she's chasing a serial killer. Fun. And it's, oh my gosh. <gasps> it like I couldn't put it down. Oh. It, it's a I super like easy that. it's a super easy read. Yeah. And if it, it flips back and forth between like um the Emmy's perspective and the serial killer's perspective. So it like each chapter That's it like bounces cool. back and forth. You've got to read it. Oh, I love that. I will send it home with you. Yes, please. It is like Or at least intense. like write the name down so I don't forget and I can see if it's on my app. Oh, yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think there's an audio yeah. um audiobook of it. My uh, my audio app is linked with the local library and it's a little limited <laughs> what it has <laughs> yeah. compared to what I had when I lived in, you know, larger place. I don't know. But I mean, it's called Butcher and the Wren. The Butcher and the Wren. I've heard that the audio reader mm-hmm. for it is really good too. I love audiobooks. I was never an audiobook person until I know, one I time. Really one time on I that. started doing it on my commute, and I can't always do it depending on what work I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be doing a specific task at work to turn it on. But I get through all, literally all my books, most of my books, because of audiobooks. Like oh, just wow. listening at work and listening on the way to and from work. Mm. Oh, I love them. Yeah, love them. But, um, but yeah, I just finished it and mm-hmm. holy bananas. Yeah. I can't wait for the second one. I'm excited. It's so good. I'm excited. And then now I'm on to another book. We're eating Oreos, by the way. Yeah. So, so we're sorry if we're crunchy. Crunching. Yeah. The Oreo thins. Yeah. These are underrated. So they're extra crunchy. These are so underrated. I've never bought like a bag of these. I just always like eat them when somebody else has them. You probably don't need to. No. Because it's a small package and you can inhale requ- that. These are so tiny. Yeah. Ben requests golden Oreos like every time I go to the grocery store. She and I was like, I Oreos. cannot buy them. because I only buy them when we go on vacation. Okay. Do you so like I'll keep them? It. I love them. Oh, okay. I love them. I could, I could give or take with those. Trent absolutely loves them. I like them better than chocolate. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I but, just... So, as, like, a treat whenever we go on vacation, I buy a, bag, a box of golden Oreos, and we just eat them in the car while we're, like, road tripping and stuff. It makes it special. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, otherwise, I was like, we'd be, like, a million pounds. I'm <laughs> 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 golden Oreos. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into our episode for we the We never sake. had groceries, and I told Trent to get some snacks, and he got, brought home Oreos. Oreos. <laughs> 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 That's typically how it goes. <laughs> He's a good man. Good, good man. Mm-hmm. Good solid man. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's jump into our episode for this mm-hmm. week. This episode is called Rasha Mama. <laughs> I was going to ask how to pronounce that. I was like, it's Rasha Mama. I have absolutely no idea what that means. I try, I tried to figure it out the entire episode. I mean, Mama, obviously. But, like, what are they trying to, like, play on? Because the only thing that sort of sounds like that is, like, Rosh Hashanah, which is, like, the Jewish New Year. <laughs> but, like, that is nothing. Never Jewish. No, they're not, number one, I, no, they're not Jewish. Number two, it's a wedding. It's not a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, not even a 
Jewish wedding. And I, when I saw the title, I was like, it's got to have something to do with Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so, like, well, maybe it was like a, like a theatrical thing because they... Like when they did the flashback, yeah. It's more oh, of like maybe a it is thing. like a storytelling device or something. Right. But I've never heard of anything like that. I know. I was asking. I was hoping for you. I was banking on you to figure that out. <laughs> well, because I... I, you're the <laughs> you're the uh, English person. And this I'm not... one, I'm I'm I've drawn a blank. I have no clue what Russian so Mama means. And I was like, what? No what idea. It's a fun episode, though. Oh, it is. Fun. I'm glad it's re- ranked. Me but... too. It's hilarious it's like a it's a completely different vibe than most of oh it's so So different it's a comedy pretty much Mm -hmm. but like a lot of times when there's comedy episodes they're like silly cases type of thing like where like the killer is you know has a bunch of hair on their face which was one that they had earlier this season or like something like that but this one is more like a serious crime the csis are just like caught with their pants down at some (laughs) point And it is so funny. And we'll figure out who started the the pantsing. I um, love it. It's pitiful. It's so good. It's so pitiful. So this episode is season six, episode 21. I think it's the last episode that we're doing for this season. I think it is too. Yeah. yeah. So Which is usually the f- season finale. Yeah, I know. And the season finale is yeah. not even ranked in this uh-huh. one. Which is kind of cool because... This is, this is like the big, like, this one and the next season are like the big popular seasons. Oh, okay. So, I haven't got past, I tried to watch the next episode after this one last night and I, I tuned out. Yeah. So. So, it's ranked number 27. So, it's like right in the middle. Oh, that's pretty good. I, yeah. I think it's all right. I think it could go a little higher. Once but... we, like, get through it, we can decide Ooh. what we think. So, as far as where are we? I don't think there's anything. It, there was just a couple episodes in between this last one and this current one. And Honestly, I can't even remember really which episode happened. I watched. There was one episode where Greg is, so it's like a medium that's killed, and Greg has oh, to be a side yes. of the case because he has a six, a third eye or something. He switched with Warwick. Yeah. And Grissom is like, what are you doing? Why are you here? <laughs> He's like, I wanted to do it because I have ESP. <laughs> because, <laughs> so Nana Olaf. We've heard about Papa Olaf. Yes. Now we have Nana Olaf, who is like a, a seer. And I couldn't remember which one it yeah. was. So he, it was a good Greg episode. Wasn't my favorite like case or anything. Nothing really no, stood but out. It was, but it was Greg. It was heavy. a good Greg episode. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny. And that was pretty much the only thing that He was determined to like I prove know. himself. Yeah, he was like, This is real shit, Grissom. <laughs> <laughs> Grissom's like, nobody can read the future Greg. <laughs> I'll show you wrong. Oh, Lord of mercy. Anyway, so that kind of catches us up. Are we ready to do the summary for this wackadoo episode? Yeah, kill me. We'll jump into Rasho Mama, Rasha Mama, Rash... Whatever the hell. Mama, I don't know. Rasho Mama. (laughs) Okay. As her son and new daughter-in-law are paraded in a convertible to celebrate their wedding, the body of Diane Chase is dragged behind it, much to the horror of the guests. Greg, Ugh. Nick, and Sarah worked the crime scene for 11 hours, collecting every bit of evidence. So, we join the group, the threesome, at a diner, at Frank's Diner, having breakfast. So, And Sarah's like, why did you pick this? Like, yeah. it, He's like, because it's cheap. It's cheap, and, and it's, it's tradition. 
Okay, I looked up Frank's Diner, and I can't find it in Las Vegas. Oh, I was really hoping. I was like, because when we eventually make our way to Las Vegas, we would eat there, but it was yeah, not. Yeah, no. Anyway, so Nick joins Sarah and Greg there, and they have breakfast together. They discuss the notion of a wedding, with each CSI seeing things differently. Sarah is, of course, a stick in the mud. <laughs> and, like, I like, can't wait to hear I what Lindsay's going to say. <laughs> Everybody's, like, it's a woman giving herself from her dad to her husband. And I'm like, oh, my God, Sarah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, this, like, ritual. Where Nick is such a sentimental romantic man. And he's like... It's a dis- public display of love. And Greg's like, yeah, it's where you meet women. <laughs> it's like, whenever we go through her flashbacks, she's looking at the flowers. She's like, the flowers are fake. The flowers are fake. So it's the love fake. So it's the love fake. And, and then like, like Nick is like, la, la. It's, it's great. And then Greg's horny. <laughs> Greg's horny, <laughs> as usual. So... <laughs> Anyway, I, I wrote down after they did this scene right here, I was like, the vibes of this episode are 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, as they're sitting there eating and talking about weddings, a news report on the Diner TV shows that Diane was a fierce lawyer known for defending high-profile organized crime members. So like the mob. Mm. She had recently represented mobster Dino Fatelli, who was sentenced to life in prison for murder. On the surface, it appears that someone got revenge on Diane at her son's wedding. Because they show a shot of the crime that Diane was defending, and it's a guy being pulled behind a car. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, so, like, somebody's, like, replicated it. Mm, I gotcha. During the news report, a truck pulls into the parking lot, stopping between Nick's truck and the restaurant. When the truck leaves, Greg notices that Nick's truck is gone. (laughs) Also, Greg goes, dude, where's your car? Which is, like, that dumb movie with Ashton Kutcher in (laughs) it. Like, this has got to be, like, deliberate. Yeah. They're just, like, trying to, like, be so weird. It was hilarious. Poor Nick. I know. He was like, brass, I need a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Anyway, freaking love the show. Grissom Grissom arrives with brass and tells the three CSIs to keep their mouths shut and look apologetic. (laughs) So, the undersheriff shows up to like hear what happened and he like pop he's popping antacids because he's so stressed because greg uh, uh grissom was just like keep it together guys yeah like i just <laughs> be sorry <laughs> so he recaps what's occurred which includes two of the csis being maxed out on their overtime nick using his personal vehicle to like Transfer evidence, <laughs> and Nick not bringing the evidence back to the lab immediately to secure it because the chain of custody is broken. So everything they had in the truck is useless. Yeah, and they can't use it in the trial. Yep. So it's all <laughs> got to be thrown out. Additionally, the crime scene was released, meaning that it too has now been compromised because they were done doing what they were doing. So it's a it's a big hot pile of <laughs> we screwed. I was up. wondering what he was, um, the sheriff or whatever the hell. I was wondering why he was popping, because it, like, zoomed in on it, mm-hmm. and I was like, what is he doing? I assumed it because they were giving him heartburn. <laughs> They're stressing him out. So funny. So, Nick tells Brass that he parked his truck in view of that box truck, blo- in view from the restaurant so they could see it. Yeah. And that a box truck blocked it for two or three minutes. The alarm on the truck didn't go off, and he's sure that he locked it. He adds that the truck has a tracking system on it, and Brass guesses that the Fatelli stole the truck... And that they would know where to find the tracking system. Sophia arrives and says there's no evidence of broken glass or tire treads. So how the heck did they get in there and steal it? Yeah. 
Grisnick. I know. <laughs> they like Sophia and Brass like turn to walk away, and he's just like, uh, "Brass, I need a ride." <laughs> and they're like laughing at him. It's so great. Yeah, he gets picked on this entire episode. He really does. Like Nick really goes through it. Mm-hmm. Grissom tells Greg, Nick, and Sarah that Internal Affairs will want their statements, and he has them write down everything that they can remember, including their evidence collected and any interview notes. After he leaves, Catherine runs into him in the hallway. He tells her that the Fatelli case was handled by the day shift and that they'll need the case file so that they can compare and see if it's, you know, like a Like related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When told that they have no crime scene photos, Grissom notes that every wedding these days has a videographer, so they'll have to collect the video. Which is a treat. <laughs> in autopsy. In autopsy, David shows Grissom that Diane had a vital response to the ligature marks around her ankles, so she was probably alive when she was tied to the convertible. She also suffered significant trauma to the back of her head from being dragged down this gravel path, which, yeah. Yeah, it's, was, uh, it's a little rough. It's a little rough. Under Sheriff McKean tells Brass that he has a problem. Since Diane was an enemy of the department, the press will believe that they lost the evidence of her murder on purpose because she's a defense attorney for all these, like, crazy bad people. <laughs> he believes that it's going to look like the CSIs were paid off by the Fatellis, meaning that the department is either inept or dirty. It's <laughs> <laughs> so getting worse and worse. Oh, my gosh. It, like, I kind of feel for the under sheriff. Like, I understand the antithesis. Yeah. He's like, well, now, great. Of course, of all people for you to lose your freaking truck to yep. is, um, is, is is a mob defense <laughs> lawyer. In the break room, Greg, Nick, and Sarah are writing down everything they can remember from the scene. Sarah recalls that she was able to lift some prints from the just-married convertible. Unfortunately, it'll be hours before the convertible is brought back to the lab. They soon find that it may be easier to remember every detail if they talk things out. So this is where we start going through each person's flashbacks of the investigation because they've already worked a full shift so they're like sitting here like dead to the world yeah they are bored out of their noggins yes and they're like i guess we'll like talk this through so this is everything that happened before they got to breakfast sarah we start with sarah she arrives at the crime scene which is full of vibrant colors she marvels at the cheesiness of the setup and the fake flowers (laughs) set on the trestle she's like the flowers are fake does that mean that the love Love is fake fake. it's like shut the like stop (laughs) just stop hush Fake flowers are actually really pretty, and they can, can be, and they can be done very, very tastefully. Yes, Sarah, <laughs> get over it. Sometimes people can't afford real flowers, so yeah, check your privilege. <laughs> <laughs> As she makes her way through the crowd, she passes Nick, who's talking to two bridesmaids, Mindy and Cindy. <laughs> Sarah only hears them speaking in fast-forward gibberish. <laughs> that was really funny. She I know. Like, I was like, she then runs into a drunk groomsman named Bryce Gundy, who admits this is that funny. so funny. He admits that he and his friends tied the beer cans to the back of the convertible, but they didn't do the same to Diane. She's like, "You drank all the beer first, didn't you?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, he's so like, did. He's gone. He is. Yeah. He's uncaring about the fact that On there has planet. been. He's uncaring about the fact that there has been a death, and tells Sarah that Diane and her son were creepy close. After Ew. Bryce falls flat on his face, fellow groomsman and best man, Mikey Schumacher, intervenes and introduces himself as the brother of the bride. And this guy is like hitting on Sarah. He is. It like, was well. weird. He was like, oh, hey, how are you? I'm sober. Look at me. I'm responsible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Lord have mercy. It was, yeah. Anyway, Bryce being drunk as he was was actually very, very funny. I loved it. Oh, yeah. For sure. So after Sarah's done recalling her flashback, Sophia tells Catherine that the tracking device from Nick's truck was actually found in a trash can a few blocks from the diner, which lines up with the Fatellis being involved because they would know it had a tracking system on it. Mm -hmm. But there's not going to be any prints. (sighs) I know. With the three CSIs still working on their statements, Nick pulls a cocktail napkin from the wedding out of his pocket. It has Mindy's phone number and a pink lipstick kiss on it. Of course it does. He denies getting a number and said that Mindy must have slipped it into his pocket. So now we transform into Nick's point of view. Because Greg is like, ooh. Greg's like, did you get some digis? (laughs) (laughs) Like, stop it. It's like, no, I did not. Nick is a gentleman. He's, He's not going to work. And flirt at the same time. No. He just won't do it. No. So, during Nick's flashback, the colors, the color palette of the scene's a little muted compared to Sarah's. As he approaches the flower arch, he notes that the scent from them, that the scent of the flowers is everywhere. And he's like, a rose by any other name. Like, he says something, like, really, like, really, yeah. Poetic. Very poetic. Yeah. And I'm just like, Nick, you're such a little romantic. You're like, so you cute. Just, you're so cute. Stop so it. So simple. <laughs> So, he speaks with mm-hmm. bridesmaids Cindy and Mindy and tells them that he'll need their prints. Mindy complains that she's cold, so Nick gives her his jacket. <laughs> it's so sweet. She's pitiful. She is pitiful. And she, like, you know, sticks her number in there. Mm. The two girls tell Nick that Diane's wedding toast was an absolute disaster, ending with her slurring her speech and swaying all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so, after Nick's flashback, Catherine comes in the room with the wedding DVD... Oh, God. This wedding DVD is amazing. <laughs> so, all three SIs want to start with the wedding toast. So, when she pops the DVD in, it's got, like, one of those color pictures of the couple on it. <laughs> it has a menu. <laughs> I know. I saw that. I said, dear Lord, at the 2000s. I said, whose wedding video has a menu? <laughs> Where you can, ask- like, go between mother's toast the ceremony it was so weird yeah i was gonna ask you because i didn't i mean i didn't know that that was a thing i have never seen a wedding video with a menu before that's funny so funny although it does it does correlate with the time <coughs> bless you me. it does i was like what in the, the 2007 <laughs> <laughs> where you can go to the menu and you can click on like play the movie yes or, like, or a, scene selection yeah so God, the old. whole vibe of this whole wedding in general is very Excuse me. Are my dogs making you sneeze? No, I think it's the weather. <laughs> because okay. I've been like itchy eyes all morning. Oh, okay. I was going to say. It's uh, messing with my sinuses. Because, fun fact, when you're pregnant, your nose runs a lot more. <laughs> because there's increased blood flow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now you I have like to, fountain. Now I have to wake up every morning and blow my nose. And I've never been that person. <laughs> Pregnancy man. Get so, you. the whole vibe of this wedding is very, like, 2007 fancy, you know, where it's, like, fancy, but, like, retro, so fa- like, just tacky. Very it's tacky. tacky. Yeah. So, that's yeah. what we're working with here. I still feel really old. So, they, the CSI see just a few minutes of Diane's wedding speech, and she starts swaying and using her hand to balance herself on the table, like she's gone. After she lost her card with her speech on it, she decides to wing it. And the ad-lib speech turned into absolute disdain toward the bride, Jill. As Diane criticized her... mean. So mean. She criticizes her plain looks and her boring name. And the CSIs (laughs) watching the video are stunned by what they've just watched. And Catherine jokingly wonders if Diane's murder was justifiable homicide. I mean, I honestly, mean, everybody's sitting there she like, she is <laughs> bad. She is really bad. She is, it's like, she tells her son, she's like, 
Adam, it's okay to take a lover. You don't have to marry them. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Mommy and son are a little too close. They are too close. And, and it's when gross. we talk to the son, it gets it gets even worse. It gets worse, yeah. So Sarah shows the video to Grissom and says that Jill now has motive for murder. Grissom wonders when a bride would have time for murder on her wedding day. I mean, an excellent point. I mean, yeah. He then recounts what he saw at the scene because he t- interviewed Jill, the bride. Uh-huh. So then we move into Grissom's background. Or Grissom's flashback. Grissom's His background. His background. <laughs> Grissom walks through the same flower arch as everybody else, reciting a poem, and stops to watch a ladybug on one of the roses. I was like, you would. You I'm really like, would. Grissom, you're so wholesome. I love him. It's, it's ridiculous, and I love it. He questions Jill, who says that Diane made her life a living hell, and that she told anybody who would listen that she wished Diane would die a fiery <laughs> death. <laughs> I mean, so she's not wrong. about it. Bless her heart. I really liked the bride, yeah. Jill. I thought she's great. Yeah. Diane had done everything possible to sabotage the wedding. She wore white. She invited her son's attractive single female friends. She changed the gift registry behind Jill's back. She demanded roast beef be served, despite Jill being a vegetarian, and she gave the hor- or that horrible toast. Jill adds that Diane fought with everyone that day, including the caterer. The caterer shows Grissom a smashed wedding cake, courtesy of Diane. <laughs> he adds that Diane scared him and took years off his life. <laughs> he was pitiful. He was so funny. He's been in a lot of stuff. I can't... I know his face, but I, I can't know, be he sure he's I know, he looks familiar, too. Yeah. It seems that Jill wouldn't have had time to commit murder, let alone tie the body to the convertible. Like, she busy, and she she's, got a lot of stuff to deal yeah. with. She's an emotional wreck, anyway. So, after Grissom's flashback with Jill, Sophia interrogates Dino Fatelli's brother, Silvano. Under Sheriff McKean <sighs> and a federal agent watch from behind the glass. The agent, who had infiltrated the Fatelli organization, tells McKean that Silvano didn't kill Diane, as he was running numbers out of his bar all day. So they're watching the Fatellis, and there's like, I don't think, this guy didn't do it. The like, yeah, the, for sure, like, we've had yeah. eyes, eyes on him this whole time, like he didn't do this. Mm-hmm. McKean thinks that Silvano could have ordered someone to kill Diane, but the agent says that the brothers like to be hands-on, adding that they heard the Fatellis were mad at somebody had stolen their M.O. So they're like, why are you copying us? Like, it's whoever a, it's tied like a her to the, thing. Yeah, whoever it's, tied her to the back of the, um, to the back of the convertible, they're like, why like, don't imitate the Fatelli gang? Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Are you stupid? Yeah, no kidding. Why would you do that anyway? Yeah, that's really dumb. So I'm Doc, gonna be killed, <laughs> right? <laughs> Doc Robbins tells Greg that Diane suffered two separate events. The back of her skull was punctured, creating a subdural hematoma. She then ended up with subsequent blows to her skull due to being dragged behind the convertible, causing her death. So she was hit in the back of the head and then dragged. Mm -hmm. The doc says that he autopsied the Fatelli's original victim and notes that they go the whole nine yards. They don't, like, halfway kill somebody. Oh, absolutely. They, like... She, he was like, they shot him in the joints, like all this stuff. Like it was mm. like very, very gruesome. He was like, that this just ain't made the same. my hips just like get tight. I know. He was <laughs> like, this is not the same at all. Catherine shows Nick a blown up steal from the wedding video. There was someone peeking through the window during the reception. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so Stop. It up and it's this man standing in the window, like with this creepy, like, like grin. <laughs> He's probably I cracked up. a skunk. <laughs> Absolutely cracked up. It was so funny. <laughs> it was just like the weirdest. <laughs> Everybody was drunk at this wedding. They were. They I were, mean, they were freaking high as a Going off their ass. Yeah. Nick recognizes the guy as the groom's father and says that he was found in the bushes trying to sleep one off. <laughs> 
So while interrogating uh, Ernest Chase, the, the, the dad, Brass recalls his conversation with this son, Adam, the groom. Adam claims that nothing went right during the wedding, including his mother, quote-unquote, accidentally bringing the wrong dress. He says that his father showed up uninvited, that he's unstable, and that he has a drug problem for years. Okay. <laughs> if my husband, my future husband, defends my... Future mother My devil of a mother-in-law like that. I'm sorry, but I ain't doing it. No. Uh-uh. uh-uh. If he's that way this like right now, then once you get married and you're down the road, it's going to get worse and worse. Yeah. You could not pay me to marry that guy. No. He is like completely blind. Also, who wouldn't believe their like fiance that they're like being tortured by your mother like that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I just There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with a mama's boy. Yes. Uh, because I married one. I did too. Um, but there are different levels yes. of a mama's boy. And this is like the highest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, yeah. It's a little little too... And the way she like touches him, it's I just know, it's, it's like creepy. Stop. It's, it becomes like more like sexual. And it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's like This a, one doesn't go any further than that. No, goodness, it doesn't. But, but it's, it, it could. It, it like alludes to like that. That they have a, not an inappropriate relationship. They're just too close. But it's just they're too touchy-touchy. Yes. Yeah. Ernest tells Brass that Diane's stories about him are untrue. He doesn't have a drug problem. Nothing like that. <laughs> because of the way she acted after she went back to work, he started taking antidepressants. This resulted in the two getting divorced, with Diane claiming that the medication affected his libido, even though they hadn't had sex for months when he started taking them. I know, he Bless was his heart. He was sweet. <laughs> he tells Brass that he doesn't drink much because of the medication, but decided to do so for the, before the wedding, of course. Yeah. A flashback shows him trying to sneak by Diane to get into the wedding. However, he got caught and subsequently kicked out. So that's why he's staring in the window. <laughs> like a freaking creeper. He says he stuck around to watch the ceremony and some of the reception before being found sleeping in the bushes. <laughs> Ernest makes sure to add that they better make sure Diane is dead as you can't kill the devil. I was like, dang. <laughs> this poor man has been I, through it. I just love how much they hate like, this woman. I know. He's like, eh, you know, just make sure she's so dead. So funny. Henry tells Nick and Sarah that Ernest's blood alcohol content was way too high for him to be functional enough to kill Diane and Tyler. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And assuming that whoever took Nick's truck is the killer... Ernest was already in the tank when that occurred. He also says that Diane had high levels of diazepam in her system. However, there is no prescription for it in her medical records, meaning that somebody had to have slipped it to her. A little slipperoo there. Yeah. This would seem to explain her odd behavior during the reception, but it doesn't explain how somebody tied her to the car bumper. Like, you can be, like, drunk as a skunk, but you're not going to tie yourself to the bumper of the car. Right, yeah. Greg enters and says that he thinks he knows what happened. And here we go. And here we go with <coughs> Greg's flashback. It is the greatest thing it's on the planet. insane. So, <laughs> Greg, Greg's point of view is in black and white, except for red blood and red lipstick on women. It is the funniest. It reminds me of, like, the late, like, what, 40s? Like yeah, it's very detective like, noir. Yeah. yeah. And he's, like, all this... Hey. He's like, like a, there I was at I the scene of the crime, <laughs> following a flower, and it's a girl. <laughs> and he goes into this description. I'm like, whoa, now. So horny. Slow down. It. Yeah, he is very, very horny. Upon passing through the reception area, he makes his way to bridesmaids Lacey Finn and Valerie Whitehead, sitting by themselves in a secluded area. So, Lacey is Amanda Seyfried, whom I love. I, I think they, she's wonderful. Yeah. So, 
I looked this up because I was like, why is she in, like, doing a guest spot in CSI? This was, like, before, I mean, she'd done Mean Girls at this point, Mm -hmm. but, like, she hadn't done, like, Mamma Mia or, like, any of her other, like, romantic comedy movies or Mm -hmm. anything. So, I guess she was just, like, kind of filling in between jobs and I was like, yeah, I'll do CSI. But I think she's great. I love yes. her. Yeah. So the two ladies aren't the least bit upset about Diane's death, comparing her to a witch. They take cotton <laughs> swabs from Greg's kit and begin to take each other's DNA samples, which Sarah guesses didn't really happen. And it was like, the way Greg describes it, it was like a sexual, It was so like, sexual. They were like, I'll do you if, if you, you do, do me. me. And they're just like, <laughs> swabs out. It's so funny. And Greg is just like, with his mouth open, like drooling. Like, yeah, like, okay. Oh, go, girl. <laughs> Oh, man. They take, yeah. Lacey tells Greg that the last time she saw Diane, she was in the hospitality suite complaining of a headache. The next time Diane was seen, she was dead. In the suite, Greg looks around and finds some snowboards that were given as gifts. He eventually comes across a statue of Cupid pointing a bow and arrow, and he notices blood on the arrow's tip and two red spots on a nearby towel that test positive for blood. So, at the scene with the two girls that Greg is describing, Sarah's Mm -hmm. like, "Uh, do you have a point... Um, to ha- how you think the, to this who flashback, did the yeah. yeah. And he's like, hold on, I'm not finished. <laughs> and he proceeds I with this story. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Let me have my fantasy. <laughs> so that's the end of Greg's flashback. And he wonders if Diane, high on diazepam, slipped and got the arrow straight to the back of her head. The arrow is four-sided, so it looks like a like a Phillips head screwdriver. And yeah. it left that same pattern on the back of her skull, which is the main big hit that Doc was like, this caused her to bleed out. Mm-hmm. If the wound was accidental, Sarah asks, why would someone tie Diane to the back of the convertible? Nick points out that their discovery narrows the suspect field down to anyone who has access to that bridal suite. Yes. The statue was collected as evidence, but, of course, it was in the back of Nick's truck. <laughs> and poor dumb. Nick. He's just so pitiful. Like, right. He just gets, he just constantly gets shit on. He's like, it's in my truck. <laughs> yeah. Diane's fingernail scrapings unsurprisingly come back as buttercream frosting due to her smashing of the cake. The convertible Diane Gross. was tied to is cleared and brought to the CSI garage. In the trunk, Greg and Sarah find a snowboard bag, where she find, which she finds odd since the snowboards were in the suite. Mm-hmm. Inside the case, there are white towels covered in blood. Ugh. So. I was seriously thinking, I'm like, oh, great. They're going to find another body in this. And this there. this convertible has been all over creation. <laughs> and they're going to unzip and have another, another and body. And have another body. <laughs> Archie was watching the wedding video and followed Diane's comings and goings. He tells Catherine that Diane had two glasses of champagne, but shows her that 15 minutes after Valerie brought her the second glass, Diane starts to look woozy. And champagne ain't going to do that to you no. in 15 minutes. Diane is later shown getting up during best man Mikey Shoemaker's speech. During the speech, Mikey quips that he drives a tow truck, so he knows something about getting hitched. Oh. Mikey's speech was terrible. It was, it was like one of those, like, I just wanted to hide under the table for I him. know. I was like, oh, <laughs> can you imagine listening to something yeah, like this? Yeah, it was, he was trying way too hard. Ugh. It anyway. Was bad. During his speech, Diane makes her way over to Valerie and whispers something to her before departing. Lacey then gets up and follows Diane out of the room. Catherine has Archie play back Mikey's speech and calls Brass to find out about his wants, warrants, and the location of his tow yard. Because a tow truck would explain how Nick's truck got stolen Mm -hmm. without having to actually be broken into. Yes. As Greg, Nick, and Sarah process the convertible further, Greg finds a nearly empty bottle of diazepam prescribed to Jill, the bride. The missing amount is similar to the amount found in Diane's system. 
Wendy enters the garage and informs him that the blood from the snowboard bag is a match to Diane, meaning that the bag was likely used to transport the body from the suite to the convertible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Furthermore, it's <coughs> terrible. There are two female epithelial contributions, one on each handle of the bag, and one of those females was a match to the DNA in the knot in the pantyhose tied to the back of the convertible, because that's what she was tied with, mm-hmm. was pantyhose. So there's two girls that are up for it. We don't know yeah. who yet. Nick, tired of waiting for internal affairs and adamant that he didn't do anything wrong, heads to the locker room. <laughs> he is mad. Okay, so this is Warwick's only scene in this episode. He doesn't do anything else. He's getting yeah. off his shift. And Nick's complaining about his situation to Warwick. And Warwick's like, he's like, man, this is bullshit. He's like, I'm tired. I've been here for hours. He's like, I, just, I didn't do nothing wrong. Everybody's looking at me like I'm a criminal. And he's like, just going, going, and going. <laughs> Warwick's like, Nick. <laughs> And he tells him that his shirt is covered in blood. Yeah. Because he's had his jacket he, on. Yeah, he time. took his jacket off. Yeah. <laughs> Nick later... <laughs> it was pitiful. Nick later explains to Wendy that he loaned the jacket to a bridesmaid and that the blood must have transferred from her to him when he put the jacket back on. Mm-hmm. He couldn't see the blood on the bridesmaid's dress because she's wearing black. Mm-hmm. Wendy cuts the shirt off of Nick, saving it as evidence. Nick adds that he has a napkin in his pocket and wants Wendy to compare it to the female epithelage from the snowboard bag. And she looks at him she's like... like Nick. <laughs> He's like, hey, it's it's really there. Like, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> and she just bloop. <laughs> yeah. She like giggles. Yeah. Brass tells Catherine that Mikey has a prior conviction for car theft. Surprise. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's truck was found in the paint bay in Mikey's garage next to a delivery truck. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's whereabouts are unknown. Now oh, this is so bad. <laughs> Catherine says that Mikey never left the party after Diane disappeared, so he's innocent of her murder at least. Mm -hmm. But Nick's truck is towed into the CSI garage, Mm -hmm. and he's distraught to see that they've painted, like, a naked woman. Not a completely naked woman, but, like, money and... (laughs) It's... This poorly drawn woman who has a rude face. It is so funny. It is. It's a a Vegas-style kind of, like... He's like, I don't think this is funny. And And everybody's, like, like, cackling. Yeah, and he's like, ugh. My truck. My truck. It's like, that's what you get for putting evidence in it. (laughs) (laughs) The Cupid statue is recovered from a dumpster near Mikey's body shop. Greg measures the tip of the arrow and the wound from Diane's head to see that they match. Sarah enters and tells him that the evidence won't stand up in court due to the chain of custody being broken. But Greg says that the suspects might not know that. Mm -hmm. The CSI's job is to convince the suspects that they know what happened. Greg finds that there are two handprints on the front of Diane's suit jacket and comes to three conclusions. Number one, Diane was stabbed by the statue. Number two, she accidentally fell on it. Again, if so, why would someone tie her to the convertible? Or three, she was pushed into the statue. Mm -hmm. Lacey's prints are the ones that were on the jacket. However, they're absent from the diazepam bottle. So she wasn't wasn't doing this by herself. Mm -hmm. Jill is also off the hook for dosing her future mother-in-law. Her prints would be in the system because she's a nurse. Mandy, oh, yeah. yeah. Mandy finds that the prescribing doctor for the diazepam is a Dr. Whitehall, who is bridesmaid Valerie's husband. Hodges walks in with the trace results from the jacket. It's hair gel. Greg remembers that Lacey <laughs> went back to the suite to fix her hair. Mm. So, we got a lot of suspicious looking bridesmaids. Yes. Mikey is found and brought in for interrogation. He's like, where's Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's like, shut up. Just stop. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me with what you put up with in my house? <laughs> <laughs> that 
sorry for that. Mm-mm. I don't know that if I'm going to leave funny. that in or not. But I might. <laughs> <laughs> They'll make your soul leave your body oh. sometimes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Catherine tells him that Mikey, he's being charged with grand theft auto, obstruction of justice, and conspiracy to murder. Mikey cops to everything but the murder and says that one of the bridesmaids approached him and asked him to steal Nick's truck and trash the evidence. With sex on the brain, he doesn't know which bridesmaid <laughs> asked him, nor does he care. Freaking <laughs> Mikey, you absolutely scumbag. What it's um would you do that like for like he just gives like his explanation he was of like, like if you ever stole like a vehicle it's better than sex it's, it's it's like better than sex and that was just a bonus stupid like you're disgusting <laughs> so we finally start trying to wrap everything up it's found out that Mindy the bridesmaid who gave Nick her phone number matches the DNA found on one of the snowboard bag handles in the break room Greg Nick and Sarah recap the case for Grissom telling him that each bridesmaid had a hand in Diane's murder. Mm -hmm. Based on the wedding video, Valerie got Diane a drink and laced it with diazepam. When Diane left during Mikey's speech, she whispered in Valerie's ear that she knew what she'd done and that she would have her arrested for attempted murder and have her husband's medical license revoked. Mm -hmm. Lacey overheard this and followed Diane into the suite. After getting berated by her, she, she was like, I've had enough, and, like, gives her a little shove, mm-hmm. and she falls into the Cupid statue accidentally. That was, like, I know, that I just, like, made me just, <laughs> Lacey then went back to the reception and told Cindy and Mindy what happened. She's like, girl, I need help. The three need help in the dressing room, Help please. me now, please. <laughs> the three then put the body in the snowboard bag in an effort to frame the Fatellis. Afterwards, they made it back to reception for the bouquet toss. They were like, oh, let's just make it look like a mom murderer. Like, they were so casual I mean, about it. Yeah. That's why, I like, that it all come together of, like, why it matched Diane's previous case of the mob. Yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. The four bridesmaids, Cindy, Mindy, Lacey, and Valerie, each tell what Brass, I know, what a crew, <laughs> each tell Brass individually that Diane was a terrible person and that her murder was accidental, but kind of justified. <laughs> <laughs> Their interviews are comical. They're so funny. And Brass is just like, ugh. Like, oh, girls. (laughs) Internal Affairs finally arrives for Greg, Nick, and Sarah. Grissom tells Undersheriff McKean that while they were waiting for Internal Affairs, they recovered the evidence and solved the case. A still unhappy McKean asks which (laughs) one of the CSIs wants to give their statements first, and Grissom tells him it doesn't matter because he's sure all their stories are the same. Yeah, because he loves his babies. Yes. Um, One thing I wanted to point out is that they're talking about bridesmaids, like, at the very end here, and... uh, Sarah's like the original like purpose of bridesmaids, which is to like serve as a human shield against like evil forces to like that were like yeah attack the bride on her wedding day, which is so cool because that's kind of what these girls did. Yeah. I know I was like, I was like whoa! I wrote down I was like being a bridesmaid to ward off spirits sounds awesome. <laughs> Sign me up! I want to do it. Yeah. All right, so. But That's thank the God this for one. both of us, we do not have monster in laws. Boy, we don't, do we? We <laughs> lucked out. Both of us lucked yes. out. Shoot, we. I've heard, yes. some, I've heard some stories. Yes, it's it's heartbreaking, and it just it's so bad. I mean, it's I so like bad. hoped and prayed my whole life that my mother in law would be kind. Was to it me. crazy? And I, I, like I said, I lucked out for sure. I lucked out. Stuff. We have also have a comment about fashion. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll start. Okay. Uh, Nick's hair. It's back! It is, like, back to, like, just normalcy. Yes. Um, Trent walks through the living room whenever I was watching it, and I said, Nick's hair's better. He said, thank God. Thank the Lord. Because I think the, um, 
was it the episode before the medium he, or whatever? Yeah. Where he's he got that was little, still, little swoop. He had the swoop right up until this episode. And Trent walked in the room and he's like, dear God, what is wrong with his hair? No, they finally like, cut I it. Know, it's it's so be- I know why it was. It's because they couldn't believe that somebody would give him their number with his hair like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so they had to cut it for that plot point. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Because, <laughs> but Greg's hair's getting better. But I told uh, I told Trent last night, he was walking through, I was like, Nick's hair's better. And he's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Because he would just get so mad. Uh, Every time he'd walk through and see Nick's hair like that, he's like, this is terrible. <laughs> just make like a disgusting noise. <laughs> yeah. so, so, Nick's hair is better. Catherine looks like a million bucks. Oh, she's in this freaking episode. gorgeous. Her hair is curly. She's wearing a smart little business suit. She just looks awesome. Get it, girl. Wendy also she's a supervisor, right? Um, she might be like co-supervisor. Oh, okay, I couldn't because they're all back together now. Oh, so that's I don't right. Know they did like, a little switcheroo. They didn't really address like her job. I didn't think about that. So yeah, I don't really know. Anyway, Wendy, she looks so cool. She's like wearing a belt and like her hair's up in a cool like messy bun. Uh-huh. And she, I was like, she looks so like effortlessly cool. Yes, like I, I, just, I did like that. I love Wendy. Mm-hmm. Also, the wedding guest outfits, like especially Ooh. the girls, the dresses were so old. The bride's dress was terrible. It was it was a lot. Mm -mm. It was a lot to take in. No, no, no. Greg only had a couple of notes. So his hair is not really better, but it's not worse either. It's it's not getting gradually worse. Correct. It's It's not as bad as Nick's, but yeah. Oh god. It's still pretty. Yeah. Pretty messy. It's pretty shaggy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He also shows up wearing this like big striped dress shirt over his like jeans to do the crime scene. (laughs) Yeah, it's the style for this is. I mean, uh, it's very of the time. It just. Mm-mm. It is. It's just rough, and it makes us feel. I mean, it makes me feel old. I don't know if it makes you feel you feel old. But. I was watching it though, and I was like, man, I would have eaten this shit up when I was a kid. <laughs> I've been like, yes, yes, because yes. he's wearing like Vans too, and yeah, like I said, I was yeah. Over well, it. going back to our early teenage years, mm-hmm. watching this, yeah. It tracks. It's, it's, yeah, it's there. It tracks. Yeah. All right. So what do we think of this episode? Um, I was actually thinking about this on, when you're on your way here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking like a three or four. I gave it, a, I wrote a four and then I changed to a three and then I was like, well, do I give it a four for like the case itself? The case is actually pretty, pretty impressive. It's good. It's but funny. I it's feel got... like more toward a four because yeah. the way they handled it, it was pretty comical. It was, it was good. And it was actually different than like some of the other cases. Usually I hate comical episodes of stuff that are yeah. supposed to be serious. I'm like, uh-huh. oh my God, just come on. But like, but I liked one, that like, she was a terrible person. Yes. And so it made it better. So it, it did. It, it made it better because like she was absolutely good with it all. Yeah. So that um, was good. So yeah. No, I, I, I would stand on a four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Characters, I gave it a two. Yeah, I was thinking like a two or a three. Because they didn't really like grow or... I mean, they had to like band together and we kind of saw some of their like back and forth and Nick went through the ringer. Nick was so pitiful. Uh, it's so funny. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So that leaves it as like a three overall, which I think is pretty fair. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still... Uh, I do like the ranking of the episode. Yeah, I do too. I was. feel like it fits right there in the um, middle. It's just with our ranking scale, it's mm-hmm. just... The way we like look at certain parts, it's yeah. not like as high, right? But it's still good. I like it being in the middle there. It, yes. I mean, it's not as good as like the um, grave danger, obviously. Oh, it's gosh. not up in that, that, just, that like, caliber. That just gave me chills whenever you said that. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not up to that caliber, but it is. It, it's a very good episode. Yeah. Very clever, very well written, yes. directed. I loved it. MVP. 
I put the team. I don't know how you can like separate when they're having to like put I all was the stocks and work together. I was gonna pull the sympathy card and do Nick and do Nick. We're <laughs> <laughs> Nicky. So, but I I do agree with the team. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, just to be silly, I was gonna pull the sympathy card for Nick. Ooh, also Nick is shirtless at one point. Girl, and so yeah, maybe he, he should be hair. MVP. He needs some chest hair. Yeah. Just a little. He looks like a chest hair guy. You can tell they've shaved him. Oh, yeah. That's true. But it was nice. Don't shave it. Don't. Just don't do that. No. Unless you look like carpet. Then, which I don't see Nick looking like carpet. No, unless it's coming out the top of your shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. If it'll like do a little peekaboo through your shirt. A little peekaboo. Just a little peekaboo. That's pretty hot. But. Anyway. You know. Not like a bush. Not like an Amazon bush sticking out of the... No. Like, don't that, do that. Mm-mm. Shave that. <laughs> no. Give a little snip snip. Yeah. But he had a um, a shirtless moment and it was great. He did. Wendy's a lucky girl. I know. That's she why got to, like, she like, cut his shirt giggled. off of him. She took her and, time. Well, and he was like, her number's... In, he's like, my, her number's in my front pocket. So Wendy, like, goes in and picks it out and she, like, giggles. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. Because she was like, really? Like... it. He's like, it's there. Like, I'm oh. telling you. So, yeah, it was, she took her time taking that shirt off him. She did. <laughs> he said, her. I didn't want to raise it over my head and lose, like. Contaminate it. Yeah. It makes sense. Which is actually really smart. Because then you've got, like, your breath and all that stuff. and Like your, yeah. Um, Hair. And then uh, she took her sweet time cutting that shirt off of him. Yeah. And I said, yes, girl. Thank you, CSI. Yes. All right. And he, like, kind of prances away. It just, I'm like, stop it, Nick. Stop. <laughs> So cute. Oh my lord. Well, that's the end of Rasha Mama. Rasha Mama. Rasha Mama. Literally, if you know what the hell that means, please tell us so that we have some kind of context. Because I feel like I'm missing something. I still can't think of that uh, Rasham, like, uh, ra- shoot. I can't, I can't think of that. It's like a, I feel like you would know what I was talking about if I could actually just. I probably would. But I ain't getting there from here. It's no, it's not. It's it's bad. I'll think of it later and then I'll text, text you. me. Yeah. Or I'll send you like a voice memo. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, thank you for hanging out with us for this past hour and <laughs> going on this wild ride with us once again. Yes. Thanks for hanging. We will see you next week with a brand new episode. Yeah. A brand new season, season yes. seven. See ya. Bye.